called by many people one of the greatest American poets of our generation actually so because you are drawing influences from so many different places like what do you think when you hear American poet mm -hmm. what does that mean to you because you have all these influences oh uh, I'd have to ask the question myself you know well why are we calling this person an American poet where are they from Mm -hmm. What variety of the English language do they use? What cultural traditions do they think they draw on? Uh, and see what I think about it. Mm -hmm. you know, because actually, uh, the United States is a huge place. Uh, and there are a lot of subcultures in it, a lot of sub-regions. There are regions that don't read poetry at all, yeah. and so forth. Uh, and. Uh, uh, then, uh, like on the on the West Coast, we've got forty or fifty percent Hispanic speakers in California, and a huge number of Asian Americans. So it isn't like you talk about poetry anymore; like it was just English language. Yeah. Uh, and the English language is not even the right word. I call it a maracano. Oh, I like that. Uh, because it's not quite like English speech. Uh, and the East Coast and the West Coast have slight differences in their language. And then in between the two, there's more little dialectical differences that you fall into. Uh, and so we have to pay attention to all of that. Mm. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I'm interested in uh, seeing poets who are deeply rooted in some of the major classical literary traditions and knowledgeable about it. But major poetical traditions now mean not only uh, ancient Mediterranean, uh, primarily Greek, mm. but also Chinese, mm. uh, and also uh, classical uh, India, Sanskrit. Mm. You have to know a little bit about Sanskrit and Chinese, too, or you don't count. <laughs> You're not serious. Uh, and I find, you know, my German friends and my Polish friends, they are so tuned in to classical poetry from the Greek. They're really aware of it. Uh, and in Czechoslovakia, there are a lot of young people who go to China and who go to India. Really? Yeah. From Czechoslovakia? Hmm? Huh. So, you know, it's, the world is changing. Yeah, that's true. And Australians... You know, Asia is home for Australians. That's true. I, I met so many Australians when I lived in Korea. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they would be in Japan, too, if Japan wasn't so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, of all of the places that you've traveled, what is your favorite so so far? My favorite so far? For poetry. Ah, Northern California. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you live there, right? It's where I live and it's where I actually know what people are doing mm. and keep track of people and I am able to keep track of people and, uh, you know, hear the, hear the, the balance between uh, good, hard, colloquial language and language that is refined and learned, mm. you know, and that is a nice balance to look at. Is that something that you also look at in your, your own translation? Yeah, in particular, yeah. 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 
Are you are you translating more? Because you translated the the Tang poet. Some. Right, some of that. Are I'm you, not a big translator like some people. Yeah, not like. A, are you? Uh, I'm sure you. I mean, I just haven't done that much. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, but I'm a great admirer, for example, of the poet, uh, of the translator Burton Watson. Mm, yeah. Uh, who was a friend of mine when I was living in Kyoto. I got oh. to know Burton very well, and I'm still in touch with him. Oh. He's, you know, the major living translator into the English language of both Chinese and Japanese. He's 90 now, oh, wow. and he lives in Tokyo. Wow. Yeah. So you probably don't get back to actually see him face to face very often. Every other year. Every other year, wow. Yeah, I get to Tokyo every other year. Oh, that's that's nice. That's really One way nice. or another. Yeah. <laughs> Invited or not. Oh, it's invitations of various sorts. Oh, that's good. And once in a while I go back to Kyoto too. I lived in Kyoto twelve years. Oh wow. So and you are probably friends with Robert Haas too, who From what? Robert Haas in Northern California. Oh sure, I'm a friend. Who, who translated the, the Kyoto poets and all of those and Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Do you have you ever traveled together, the two of you? I've for? never traveled together with Bob. No. 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 Except down rivers. <laughs> what we, is that like? Uh we we did a river in the Sierra Nevada together a couple of times, rafting. Oh wow. <laughs> that Sounds like a dream trip. <laughs> oh, you know, river running is such fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, since this is the Working Port radio show, um, do you, you, I mean, you've done a lot of heavy labor kind of jobs in the past. I mean, I've done some. Yeah, and now you're now you're teaching, right? At, Actually, I'm retired now. Oh, you're retired. Oh, so you. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to work teaching. No. Um, I'm much more busy in, in just trying to keep up with uh, the work around the place and uh, doing all the paperwork and answering a certain amount of mail. Yeah, it's a different kind of work. Right? Uh, it's office work. I'm, I'm sad to say yeah. a lot of it's office work. But I live out in the country. I haven't been on the electric grid for 45 years. Uh, that's I do not have the grid. So I have a standalone electrical system that uses solar panels, and I have uh, a major generator and two backup generators. Right now, my major generator is down in town being rebuilt. Oh wow! And I'm running on the backup generator. Um, all of the water comes out of my well, and I have to uh, take care of all of the uh, uh, pipes and valves uh, and. Uh, details of keeping the water system running wow. uh, over uh, quite an extensive piece of land which is mostly in Ponderosa Pine Forest. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and which I do a little logging on from time to time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you find that your your so much of your poetry is personal? So do you well, find some is some isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I write all kinds of poems. Uh, that's true. <laughs> do you do you find that the the physical labor of, of keeping up your own land is it helps your creative process? I think. Yeah. I would I would think so. I've been doing physical labor all my life. Yeah. I grew up on a farm. Um, my first job was delivering milk from the our little tiny dairy. Oh. And uh, shoveling cow manure. <laughs> and chicken manure. Yeah, there's a lot of work to do. It's good, good humbling, humbling jobs. Right? It's not humbling. No, it's. You're thinking of it from a from a slightly upper class position. 
Oh no, I think it's <laughs> it's good to see to to start there and see like But it's not humble. It's it's good work. That's true. You're yeah. working the earth. You're you're appreciating it in a in a way that a lot of people A good job is a job. Yeah. Yeah. Answering mail is like shoveling manure. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> They're both good. <laughs> That's true. That's true and necessary yeah. in the 21st century. Yeah. yeah. So do you I mean so you are legendary um, if, if, if you don't mind my saying that um, and probably the best person to speak to this so do you think that the current state of American poetry um, do you see a, a movement for the future like a, a new revolution coming or a, a more expanding of connect because we're all much more connected than we were even 20 years ago um, you're thinking of digital connections. Mm. I don't think those are very real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're really that much more connected than we were 20 years ago. Uh, I think it's slightly an illusion. Mm. You know, connection to me means people that you know and see almost every day, you know, which is a living community or on a campus, you know, or a job in a factory that you're working in. The people you work with are your real connections. Mm. Uh, and uh, then people that you have intimate and ongoing uh, exchange of phone calls and letters and emails, that's important and real too. But then there's a whole lot of stuff that you can drop. Uh, and uh, maybe you don't need it, you know. And you have to look at it that way. Mm, that's, that's refreshing, actually, to hear. Um, one last question uh, do with all these things that have been going on with the world with um, just in this last Friday with Beirut and Kenya and, and Paris um, what do you think that for young poets the, po the poet's role is in the world it depends on different where they are in that picture yeah uh, the different writers and different artists in different places have somewhat different responsibilities handed to them. Yeah. Uh, if I was living in France right now, my response would probably be quite different. Uh, I can afford to let that go its own direction while I keep working on the issue, that uh, one of the issues that really concerns me, which is the way the Chinese government treats the Tibetans. Mm. I'm not letting go of that as an issue. Somebody's got to stay on it. And there are thousands of us who are staying on that. So you're not going to dilute yourself totally by trying to do everything. Mm. You, pick, uh, you pick something to work on and you stay on it. Uh, but you also keep an eye on what's going on. That's more like what I do. Mm. And my Korean friends, you know, they really scolded me. They said, uh, Snyder, you've been writing and talking about Japan and you've been writing and talking about China for all these years and you'd never said anything about Korea. <laughs> so now we want you to pay attention to Korea. So I'm trying to do that too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So is that your next, uh, your next? Well, it's one of the things I'm working on. <laughs> I hope, I hope you do. I, I would love more people to read more Korean poetry. They really need to. Korea yeah. is such an interesting place. Mm -hmm. And very different from Japan and China. It is actually people different. People don't think it's that. It's actually different. Yeah. You know, especially, 
I don't know so much about Koreans in relation to the Chinese, but I see the difference between the Japanese and the Koreans all the time, yet they look so close. Mm-hmm. But they have a different way of moving. And I'll tell you one difference. In Seoul, when you walk down the street and uh, very sharply and beautifully dressed women are walking towards you, they will look you right in the eye. In Tokyo, they won't. They look aside. Now, that's a Korean-Japanese difference. Mm. Korean women are much more bold (laughs) and much more forward. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's even in Korea, you know? Yeah. Another interesting thing is Japanese never swear at each other. Oh, I didn't know that. But Koreans do. Yeah, they do all the time. I think that's a great way to end it. That's a great way to end the interview. (laughs) That's a great detail. Yeah, interesting details. It's not that Japanese don't get mad at each other, but they control it. Mm, (laughs) They're a little more. (laughs) And maybe it'd be better if they let it out. (laughs) Great. Thank you you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it was a pleasure to meet you. Thank you.